All right, so uh, back to cutting room floor. Uh, this last weekend, we talked uh, about the four-year anniversary, and you know, there's a lot of discernment on behalf of the church and on behalf of Jeannie and I, mm-hmm. and like coming down here, you had some discernment in there. For like sure. there was a lot of people discerning. Yeah, and we just live in a culture where there's lots of transition. Um, yeah. new jobs, new places to live, friends, like participation in a church. Like, so how do you discern? Yeah. Amidst all these options, transitions, things going on, what to do? For sure. Yeah. And I think just even today, just talking, taking a little bit of time to talk about, you know, some principles or kind of habits or just really character traits, really, yeah. as a follower of Jesus to become the kind of person that, you know, obviously we won't always get it perfect, but yeah. growing in our ability to discern what God is saying, discerning God's will for us in our everyday yeah. life. Um, so I just have like five kind of simple things that each of these five could be its own deal, if you will, sure, and we sure. go in more in depth. Um, but I just to maybe start off, I think one thing that's really important, number one, is cultivating a Christ-like heart. Okay. And so when we're talking about discerning God's will, what does God have for me, decision X, decision Y, choice A or B, I think primary is are we becoming a person that is cultivating a Jesus-shaped heart, meaning are we becoming more of a person who loves God with everything I am, becoming a more Christ-like uh, person, and praying into the fact or the desire to become the kind of person who is obedient to whatever God has. Yeah, because if we're talking about discernment outside of a heart that even desires yeah. thirsts to be shaped by Jesus, we're already missing the We're book. missing the point, right? And this seems like, number one, super obvious and almost like, do we even need to say this? But especially, I think, sometimes in our cultural moment, totally. to circumvent or shortcut this aspect of really becoming the person, regardless, I think this is where it's important, regardless if there is a major decision to be made or not, are we becoming people that are cultivating a Christ-like heart? Yeah. So well, that, especially because in our culture, we often start with the sort of the primary determiner of discernment is one, will it make you happy? Yeah. And then two, if it's professional, like, is it, do you make more money? More money. Yeah. Oh yeah. Am I even more comfortable or yeah. all these it's, things that are self-oriented? Yeah. Totally. totally. They're not necessarily bad on themselves, no. but without the Christ-like heart posture that we're talking about here, growing to become a more person of self-sacrificial love, growing to become a more person, a person that's more in line and in tune with the spirit is saying and praying to become more obedient. All these things can lead us astray or to regret in, yeah. in, in a lot of cases. So that's point one. Point one, cultivate Christ's light heart. Uh, point two, listen carefully to God's word. Again, very simple, but there's so many things in scripture that are really clear yeah. as far as our character, the kind of people we're supposed to be, what God has said to be good or not good for us yeah. that can really take off some of the questions or confusion if we really mm. study and learn and abide by if what God is saying. Submit to, to the authority. The clear words. Yes then there's a little more room for maybe the gray. The gray, exactly. And I think, again, in our kind of culture, it's easy to maybe sidestep or maybe push aside as far as the regular habit of being engaged in God's word. But I do think it's crucial that as we're growing as people who are seeking to discern God's voice, that we're constantly in this regular pattern of listening to and abiding in uh, God's word, for sure. Yeah, and I think there's another layer there, too, of like we're expecting to hear God's voice about X. Mm Mm-hmm. But if we're not listening to God's already articulated voice in the scriptures, we're starting off in a very funky posture relationally with God. For sure. God, would you tell me about whether I should take this job or buy this house? But I'm going to ignore the other things that you're saying that you've already made clear relationally like versus an abstraction. 
that's weird. It's it's very kind of odd. Exactly. Yeah. And like I think if we believe that God is a relational God, that is a really odd way to begin a discernment for process. For sure. And exactly. I think this kind of gets at the fact that God's word is God speaking to us. Yeah. Uh, one pastor I've heard said before, if you want to hear God, hear God speak, read your Bible out loud. And he's kind of overstating it, to yeah. it, but he's trying to make a point, right? That God is speaking to us as we engage in scripture. And I think there's so an aspect yeah, of that's that. That's one and two, heart. And then God's sort of word, reading, this word. reading the scripture. Yeah. yeah. Being in God's word. Number three, live and act wisely in community. Okay. And this is, I think really important, especially in our kind of individualistic culture of really trying to, you know, make decisions sometimes on our own yeah. or think we have to make decisions on my, our own. My experience is that we live not in a culture of discernment, but of declaration. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we go to our friends after we've decided something yes. and say, Oh, I'm taking that job. I'm buying that house. I'm, doing X, a culture of declaration, because we often don't want the vulnerability of inviting people's opinions yes uh or god's voice totally into the process exactly because we just mentioned about god speaking to us through his word but oftentimes god might share something through other people and as we live in community and submit to maybe what other people have to say or their feedback or their questions i think you've done a really good job of this of kind of sharing your own story of how you came from washington down to here inviting other families and people that you trusted to speak into that ask questions and i think what you've had to say there and kind of how you've led us into that is again, becoming the kinds of people that as we are discerning what God is saying, discerning maybe what God has for us and God's leading, it's not to be this isolated thing, or at least it shouldn't be. It should be something that we seek wise counsel in community, be vulnerable about that and be willing to maybe hear some hard things from people that we love and trust. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you have a big decision, I would say this, you know, invite two or three people, Mm -hmm. three to four people that you no care about you yeah. or you trust or respect, ask, tell them what you're thinking, yeah. give them all the ins and outs and then have them come and meet together and give them permission to ask any question, any question. they want. Yeah. No, nothing is off topic. Yeah. Uh, and your role is to answer those questions. Their role is not to debate you. Mm-hmm. They're not pressing an agenda. They're simply discerning from yeah. your story and then asking a question and then pray together. For sure. Um, you know, we did this moving down here. Another thing I haven't shared a lot about, but uh, actually when we moved up to Washington and when we moved down here. Mm-hmm. So you came to, from California originally. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So we were in Santa, we were in Silicon Valley, move up to Washington, yeah. up in Washington, move back down to PG. Yeah. And um, I haven't shared this. I don't very much if I have, um, but I also am just aware of, the deceitfulness of my own heart. Mm, sure. Um, and so one of the things that I did in both those moves, I don't even know if I told her this, but I, I basically committed to myself that whatever my wife decided, mm. I would submit yeah. to her discernment. Interesting. Because yeah. in marriage, right, you move down here. Like, so for Jeannie, right, she had lots of friends. She had some cool job opportunities. Yeah. She loved our house, our community. It was a lot for her. Yeah, to risk. I mean, it was tons to of courage, up. tons of trust on her end. And I didn't want to just sort of have her do my thing. Mm. I wanted her to have a sense that like, cause you know, she was going to come down and lead the kids ministry. Yeah, Like she led all kinds of stuff as we started the plan. And I wanted her to feel like this was our thing Sure, yeah. that we were doing a together. Team. So I submitted like internally 
that I, whatever she discerned, I had this process with God about it. Like, yeah. I'm not only going to submit to the community's discernment, but I'm going to submit to hers. For sure. Yeah. Uh, especially because it was my job. Yeah, totally. Right. So it's sort of this inversion <laughs> yes. of like, if I was excited about it, that's great. But at whose cost? At whose cost? Yeah. And I think, again, that's taking into account even that Christ-like posture, right, of being willing to, you know, lead with uh, a submission and humility. And then also just, again, the wisdom of bringing other people into that decision-making process is yeah. huge for sure. Um, and I think just the recognition in marriage yeah, of like, if you're married with someone long enough, there are going to come times when like maybe one person is bending yes, for the other person. For sure. And what do you do then? Yeah, totally. Uh, how do you discern that difference? What's yeah. your posture about their discernment. You've committed your lives yes, together. Yes, together, yes. So what do you do with that? Yeah. Um, anyway. Totally, yeah. Those are all huge questions. And I think, again, the wisdom of being in community with one another, learning each other's strengths and weaknesses, knowing each other's stories, how God has wired and shaped you is all crucial to, to a lot of that, for sure. Um, number four on here, so you have live and act wisely. In live and act wisely within community is number three. Number four, inquire of God, allowing for divine intervention. Mm. And kind of what we're getting at here is this aspect of, and it's kind of implicit in some of the first three here, yeah. but really making it clear. Are you really seeking and praying and asking God yeah. for him to speak, to reveal, to show, to lead, to guide? Yeah. And to not just like do that in a cursory sort of sense or like, no one, I don't think, really intends to do it like in a flippant sort of sense. But there's, is there intentionality in one's inquiring of what God might have have for you? Yeah. There's an aspect, too, of as, as part of this of, you know, more or less like the scriptures talk about testing the spirits. Yeah. So it's this aspect of maybe these feelings and emotions and ideas and thoughts. Like, is that really from God? Is that That's really good. what God has uh, for you? Yeah. Uh, is, is it consistent with what God is saying through his already revealed word? Mm -hmm. uh, is it consistent with godly character and wisdom? And so this, again, implies some of these earlier steps, yeah. or these earlier uh, parts, but then it's kind of bringing those together in more of this integrative sort mm -hmm. of sense, inquiring, you know, what am I feeling, thinking, all these sorts of things, and how is that intersecting with yeah. what God has already shown me in his word? That's good. Yeah, I don't know if this relates to that, but what came to mind when you were sharing was, um, you know, part of that discernment process is allowing God to close doors. Yeah. Allowing God to shut things down. For sure. Uh, you know, when we were moving here, one of Jeannie's big things was that, um, that God would provide us, like, housing. Yeah. Because that's, like, not a... Yeah, especially around here, right? Yeah, totally. And it was like, what? Like we can't afford a house here. Like, how are we going to do yeah. this? And then this, like through this series of crazy miracles, mm -hmm. we ended up getting a house. Like we put an offer on a house that was like way below asking and they accepted it, even though there were all cash offers. Then other people came around and like actually like offered to help fund a remodel and yeah. give us this crazy loan that we could repay in 10 For years sure. with no interest. It was just like, what? Like what is this, happening? Yeah. Totally, yeah. But it had this feeling of like allowing God to be like, all right, if this isn't going to work, like that's okay. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, but if it is like, we're going to know. Yeah. Cause you're going to have just like moved mountains. Totally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's a lot of what we're talking about here is allowing for God to do not only like you're saying closed doors, but also often open doors yeah. that you didn't think were possible or weren't totally. even like conceptually in your thought or whatever. Yeah. And that God does stuff like yeah. that. And I think it's, again, there's this, you know, I don't want to make it like a linear, like mathematical process, yeah. but there is this 
you know, sense of like growing in Christ-like character, discerning and being in community with one another, and then really being open to what God has, whether that's a yes or a no or an altercation yeah. as, or like a deviation from maybe yeah. what you had thought. Sort of an open-handed approach. Yes. Like we can get very rigid. Yeah, exactly. And often in discernment, we're sort of holding tightly and asking for clarity. Yeah. <laughs> And again, there is a tension there. Yeah, we're going like, again. Yeah, yeah. it's like either you're open-handed and asking for clarity mm-hmm. or just close your hands and say, I'm doing what I want. Yeah, totally. Let's but, be honest there. <laughs> yeah, like don't have your hold hands tight yeah. and then say, I'm open. It's for like, no, sure. you're not. Yeah, like, totally. Uh, so yeah, that's great. Thinking about, again, inquiring of God, allowing for divine intervention, which then leads to the fifth one here. Uh, and I kind of overstated a bit, but do what will make you feel or have the most joy. Yeah. And again, this, that's the cultural that's, starting place, exactly. but you're sort of framing it as, okay, there's a bunch of steps here Yes. and like, it's okay if you love it. Exactly. And don't feel guilty about that yeah. or any shame or, or like yeah. guilt. Exactly. And to recognize that there is an aspect here, like with number five, we actually do have to do something at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Like make a decision totally. and to not be so paralyzed in like, Oh, do I have all the facts or all the information yeah. or all of it all cookie cutter laid out? I think of the story in Acts 16 where Paul is, you know, attempting to preach the gospel in yeah. the known world and he's attempting to go into Macedonia and he's leading or he's following the spirit's yeah. lead. He thinks to a certain extent, but then he has a door closed and it's yeah. in that moment of stepping out that there is like a redirection at that point. I think yeah. sometimes with what we're saying here, number five, as we attempt to take that step, there is this joy, there is this desire. And in that process, God might close a door, yeah. reroute us to a certain extent. But again, coming back to what I think we're trying to say here is that recognize that perhaps how God is leading is as you submit to him, live in community, totally. ask these questions that God might give you a joy to go along with that. Yeah. And that might be a, a good way to discern how yeah. God is leading in that yeah. process. And I think this gets at like, especially on the vocational side. Yeah. Uh, I think generally God puts us in positions, maybe not every year, mm-hmm. but like over the course of time, generally like, we are put into positions based on our story, our gifts, yeah. our skills, like to do something that brings us life. For sure. Yeah. I mean, not always, not, not always. Exclusively, yes. And there's definitely like power and societal power dynamics where certain people don't have those privileges. Yeah. But I do think it is God's heart for sure for people to be aligned with how he made them for sure. Doing exactly. occupations. I think even living in places that are beautiful, yeah. like that, if it leads you to a place of worship, yeah, that's probably a good thing. It's a good thing, yeah. Like totally. just, just if it, you know, I think sometimes as Christians we have this funky thing with like pleasure and pain, mm-hmm. and we think that only if it's hard is it biblical. Totally. It's like no, no, no. That's, yeah, yeah. that's just not. That's not true. how it works. Yeah. yeah, I think this is. It's all really good to talk about this because again, as we're seeking to as best we can, often imperfectly, and oftentimes yep. with a lot of failure, and you know this, that, and the other. It's coming to this place of recognizing what kind of person am I becoming? Because I think in this discernment process, God is doing a work of transformation and a, a work of healing and redemption, all these sorts of things. But then ultimately, God does want to lead and guide us. And I think coming back to that simple reminder of we have a God who speaks, a God who wants to lead, a God who wants to guide us um, is really crucial um, with a lot of this. So Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks, man. Awesome.